I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. about the apology so i was like why did i waste you know five hours of my life watching this <laughs> well so here's why right i watched uh something as well i watched the abc bill and uh monica uh, might have been monica and bill yeah. actually they might have shamed her first <laughs> and then bill um truth and lies which was horribly done um, it was very much a e true Hollywood story type format, salacious. All these cuts between people who um, were experts or were in the room at the time, so to speak. And it was—I mean, it was just all about the sex, right? And having lived through it, um, not that I was with Bill and Monica, it, but I mean, having lived through all the press fallout, right? Poor Monica, she was so upset. <laughs> hey, competition's tough, and I'm just going to say, sorry, Monica. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, a couple of things. It, one, it was a great reminder, it was a great refresher for what, what that period of time was like, first of all. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like today if a sex scandal, let's say our president slept with a porn star or his pregnant <laughs> wife or his newly born child, right? Like, he'd be thrown out of the White House and crosses would be burned on the lawn. Right. And so watching all of this, it's like, oh, my God, it's so innocent. I know. But then you get into the, well, Clinton did lie and he did kind of softly press Monica to lie and she did try and protect him and she did lie under oath in a in a in a civil trial um and so it was great to have all of these little details because it does put what happened to her into a real perspective for me right um with with 21st century eyes Mm. Um, in the 20th century, I was really angry at Bill Clinton for getting on TV and lying to me, me personally, me, me. Yeah, right? whatever your name is. Um, and uh, sorry, I promise I'm not going to talk nonstop, but maybe I will. Go ahead. Um, and, and I remember that day when I was, somehow I was home, not at work, and turned on the TV set, CNN, and the president of the United States was making a speech, and maybe I even knew through the news that like he was going to be addressing the nation at this time or something, right? But turned on the TV, and he stood there, and he said, I did not have sex with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. And I honestly was like, great, done. You didn't do it? Fine. 
And then, you know, later he says that he did. And I was really mad because he had betrayed my trust, right? Um, and, and I was one of those people that walked around defending Bill Clinton at the time. He was a great president. Um, he aligned with all of my policies. Um, he was the, I think this is true, uh, certainly heard it at the time. He was the first president to ever personally address an LGBT uh, organization. At the time, we didn't have Q, right? So he went to like an HRC dinner or something, and it was videotaped, and he spoke. And that videotape went around uh, certain circles, if you certain gay circles, certain gay activist circles, right? And it was it was very much a hey, Bill Clinton is on our side. I've got this videotape of him addressing HRC at a Washington gala. Watch it, right? And I don't remember what he said. I just remember being drunk in the room. Um, and yeah, okay, my president. Uh, I liked Hillary, all of that stuff. And so when the Monica thing happened, it was very much uh, turned from anger at Bill Clinton to anger towards Republicans. And I don't think that's ever faded. Um, what are your memories of that specific moment in time? I always hated Bill Clinton. And I felt bad <laughs> about it because he stood for so many things that I liked. But I thought he was creepy and smarmy and smirky and somebody who always got what he wanted and had everything else handed to him. So people thought he was so good looking and funny and charming and I just thought he was the biggest asshole ever. So it was no surprise to me that he had an affair with anyone. And I believed it the whole time. I knew he, I knew he had done it. I just knew he had done it because there had been other, other accusations before. And I believe those too, just because I thought he was such a jerk. But like I said, I always felt bad about that because he, he did great things for women. Like he uh, appointed Janet Reno and Ruth Bader Ginsburg and he gave Hillary that job leading healthcare, which Hillary is a whole other, other story. I mean, she's another one that I don't like but feel bad about not liking. <laughs> oh, this, this is weird. We've never talked about this weird. because I love Hillary. Do you? How did we talk about it at the time? I don't know. I don't, I think at the time... I'm surprised you didn't like Bill. I think you were, I think you were a little more Republican at the time. I might have been, I mean, or I might have been dating a few Republicans at the time. Maybe. That's probably more what it and was. I, I yeah, I, I, I don't think I remember really years political. where I didn't want to talk to you about politics at all because you were more Republican and I didn't want to get into any arguments about it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hey, I'm like, wow. Well, you'll be happy to know that. Yeah, you, you seem I to have improved. Totally age. Antifa. Yes. <laughs> I mean, can you believe that we were actually, I don't know how old I was when this happened, but in 60, 30, I was close to 30. I was going to tell you it starts with a three at least. <laughs> I'm, I don't like to think about that. But I remember listening to the, um, the Linda Tripp tapes. Uh, I was in San Francisco, and I must have been here for about a year at least because I was living on um, on Page Street, and I was in my little apartment, my one-bedroom apartment, listening to 20 hours of Linda Tripp tapes practically from start to finish. I was riveted, but I thought, you know, I, I, I didn't like any of them. This is one situation in which I don't like any of the characters. I feel bad now for Monica. Now that I've seen her later and she's grown up and she's a little bit more conscious of what oh, happened to her she now. is 
but at the time I thought, you know, this is this, this poor girl. She's just an idiot. You know, I, <laughs> she's done this thing and she has no idea what she's done. She has, you know, no capacity to understand what. And she said the, at the time that it was consensual. And for anybody to think that a relationship of the president of the United States with a 22 year old intern was consensual was just unbelievable to me. So I guess I have to say at this point that I'm a radical feminist and I've always been one. And if that's the perspective through which I look at this. And so help me with this, okay? Let, um, let's assume that somebody has tripped over this podcast and does not know <laughs> what a radical feminist is, right? I think everybody's sort of got their own vision of what a feminist right. is. But so what, what is a radical feminist? So the word radical really doesn't mean out there and nutty or whatever. It, it means to the root or of the root. And what radical feminists believe is that the oppression of women is at the root of all oppressions. So that's a little hard for me to explain, but but it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's sort of the primary oppression that all women are oppressed everywhere. Well, oh, I mean, I wouldn't argue with that, right? Right, uh, because you would beat me up if I did. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm learning all of the tools. Yeah, yeah, no, we I, have plenty of time to um, do that. So. Take your time. We can cut oh, out okay, anything yeah, we need cool. to. The 21st century. It's crazy, yeah. huh? And, and also, this doesn't have to be the final. No, I, mean, you know, everything I, I, I doubt do that it will be. be perfect so, and ready. Yeah, we'll probably time. have several, several Bill Clinton episodes. <laughs> oh, my God, we're going to be such experts by the time <laughs> we are ready to roll I get to watch that. more TV. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so all right, so as a radical feminist, then, would you say that the, the fault lies entirely with Bill Clinton, or would you say that there's sort of a ownership of um, actions, I suppose, by both parties? So, Does Monica yeah. bear anything in this? Well, so what I think is, I think your ability to make a free choice is constrained by your ability to understand the choice that you're making and its ramifications. And Monica Lewinsky at 22 was unable to understand the ramifications of the choice she was making, whereas Bill Clinton at 49 and the leader of the free world was in a much better position to understand those things. So I'm not saying that, you know, that Monica did the right thing by having an affair with a married man. Everybody knows that's wrong, right? And Monica knew that it was wrong. But the right. responsibility was really 98% on Bill Clinton. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. 100% agree, yeah. right? I mean, it, it doesn't even need to be the president of the United States. Right. But, uh, I mean, arguably there's always going to be a power imbalance when you are having an affair with the president of any country yeah. and you're not the president <laughs> right. of that sure. country too, sure. or another country. Right. But a hundred percent. I mean, the guy was just completely wrong and stupid and entitled mm -hmm. to his libido. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, what, you know, he apparently has never turned really down a woman. So I think you know, when it, when it, all the women he's had affairs with, I, I bet they're in the hundreds. I once met a woman who was a Republican at a um, 
at a work convention, mm-hmm. right? Our, our trade show booths were side by side. And um, we the show was like a five-day-long show. It was a big show for my industry, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so we spent a lot of time hanging out next to each other. And uh, we were from neighboring cities and in the same industry. We knew each other. We had kind of the same position. And uh, eventually into the show, she got into politics. And I don't remember why, but she was talking about Bill Clinton and that uh, she despised him. But she'd met him in person and she said, he's the only guy I've ever met that I absolutely wanted to... Really? And I forget exactly how she phrased it, right? But 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 her point was, because um, what I was going to say was, she said, he's the only guy I've ever met that I wanted to fuck right away. Yeah. But I can't believe that somebody would just actively <laughs> say that out loud. At a, so my brain is backfilling yeah. and paraphrasing. Um, so I hear that all the so time. So he did have some sort of charisma. Yeah, apparently he has amazing personal charisma. I don't see it on TV personally. I don't get it. But maybe if I met him in person, I'd be, you know, swept away. <laughs> You'd be throwing that radical feminist <laughs> That's right. Off. I was wrong. Bill, take me. <laughs> Help me understand. Um, yeah, it's... it's Okay, so so it was a more innocent time, and um, people were a lot more conservative than they are today, case in point. Um, and, and yet we still have this thing of this lie, right, of this lying under oath. Um, and, of course, that's wrong, but it's... It's also one of those lies that's easily understandable and easily forgivable, right? Um, of course you're going to lie about having an affair with a married man. Who would who would own up to that publicly, really? If you thought you could get away with saying no, I would say no. I probably have said no. Um, I've had an affair with a married man. And did you deny it? No. Well, I can understand why Bill Clinton in his position would deny it, but I think that you have to separate the person from the position. And they were going after Bill Clinton, the president, not Bill Clinton, the human being. And the Republicans were definitely going after Bill Clinton. There is no question about that. I think back back then, maybe some people thought it was a little bit paranoid to think there was a vast right-wing conspiracy, like Hillary said. But I think there was one. There absolutely was one. And looking at it from the 21st century perspective, where everything is a vast right-wing conspiracy, we can see that it was, in fact, the case. <laughs> oh, 100%. It was, it was totally the start of that. And um, what I liked from my documentary last night as bad as it was, there was still kind of this uh, linear review of, of history. You know, what event led to what to led to what that eventually brought us the knowledge of President uh, Clinton's affair. And it's it's so it connected some dots for me. Right. Like the Clinton thing was very much a reaction to Watergate. And it was driven really hard by Republicans because the Republican president, once upon a time, what was it, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, like had betrayed the trust of the American public. Yes. 16. Um, so not even that long ago, uh, considering the eras, yeah. right, the 80s from the 60s. 
So, so the Republicans had been in power, but the Republicans had also borne a lot of public shame. Um, oh, the Republican president lied to the American people. Oh, the Republican, and, and you know, in the 60s, it was even more conservative and more stars and stripes forever than it was in the 80s. Um, and so when they had the chance to really kind of spin that narrative around and look, 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 the Democrats are also horrible. Look how even worse they are, right? Yeah. Um, because it's not just about politics, which, you know, I suppose arguably you could say uh, Watergate was all about just politics. There wasn't anything personal in it, right? The, uh, the Republican Party added this layer of personal to it, right? And maybe it's because it was there, um, and available to them, who knows? But um, so, given given the sensitivities around political intrigue, I found it really interesting that Bill Clinton is the person who said, "Yeah, let's appoint a um, independent uh, counsel, independent prosecutor, to look at Whitewater." And it was that Whitewater review that led to tripping over the Monica Lewinsky yes. stuff, right? And with Kenneth Starr asking for more power and being given more power, right. being a, being legally permitted to review more and more stuff, which is how Kenneth Starr ended up getting into the president's personal life. Um, and so, so, like, that for me really helped uh, connect some dots I probably didn't see at the time and or wouldn't have cared or wouldn't have understood. Uh -huh. um, and then, of course, we have the whole Monica fallout, which at the time I felt sorry for her. Uh -huh. um, I could totally see uh, me in that position. I 100% would do the same thing, right? Um, and, and sort of her incentive for doing it is understandable yeah. he was attractive he was powerful right. um it's a power move if you can get a powerful person interested in yeah. you um but then in listening to some of the linda trip tapes which i don't think i really listened to in the 80s i know i didn't listen to you didn't miss all much of them. i tell you they're very gossipy oh I, <laughs> not in a I good way <laughs> oh yeah no um well um, but I honestly, I was, I was floored at the level of hysteria I heard in Monica's voice yeah. about Bill's not calling me back. Yeah. Bill doesn't like me anymore. Yeah. Right. And we've all been that 20 year high, every 20 year old out there, you are going to fall in love with somebody who is not going to love you back. And it is going to ruin your life for five years. Oh, if not Sorry. longer, for sure. Maybe your whole life forever. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, and you'll never get an apology from that person. You'll never get either. an apology from that person. Never. No. no. Oh, man, poor Monica. She she really was. Yeah, hysterical. poor me. <laughs> but yeah, so she she was hysterical, and you know, I think that was a, a thread that I missed at the time was I felt sorry for her, but in my world, in mm -hmm. my brain, I sort of just made it as I'd been with, you know, guys who were 20 years older than I was, who 
who showed me a slice of life I wasn't mm-hmm. um, was that wasn't open to just me, mm-hmm. right? Um, so they had some level of power or whatever, and that was fun and interesting. But it was fun. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like oh my god, I'm so in love. Um, I only like the guys that would get drunk and punch me. Um, <laughs> Whoa. I guess not that a rich guy couldn't do that. Uh, no, of course I'm totally kidding about that. Uh, not the drunk part. Um, okay, so let's see. So, so yeah, it was it was very easy to uh, wear Monica's shoes and, and kind of walk in them. But what I was missing was she was really in love with. She them, was felt I that think, she was yeah. really in love. And I wondered, watching the um, the Clint affair, if he might not have been in love with her too. And I think he, I don't, I don't like him. I don't think what he did was okay. But I think there was some real affection there anyway. I mean, he treated her really poorly. He called her up whenever he was horny in two thirty in the morning for phone sex, and never, you know, any other time. And I don't know if they ever called, and if they ever just. She said they did have just regular conversations a lot, and they, it wasn't always about sex. And I hope that's true for her sake. But um, but I don't know. You know, sometimes I, I wonder now if maybe he felt something for her, and I, I hope that he did for her. Well, you know, it was interesting to, and I think it's interesting to everybody who who has clued into this point, that he gave her a copy of Leaves of Grass, right. and it was the same version that he gave to Hillary Clinton right. when he was dating her. It's just like right? cringe. And I didn't hear Jennifer Flowers or Paula Jones, who lived in Long Beach, by the way, <laughs> um, uh, my, my adopted hometown, and uh, I didn't ever hear either of them or any other woman right. say that Bill Clinton had given her a gift, right? And Jennifer Flowers claimed a 12-year-long affair. That's true. Um, and no and the book grass. never came out. And, right. Um, and so you would think that if he had given somebody else a copy of Leaves of Graphs, I mean, that, I'd be pulling it off on my shelf if Bill Clinton had given oh, me a copy sure. and going to the press. 100%. Um, so, so maybe they did so have yeah, an emotional I, relationship of some sort, you know, as stunted as Bill Clinton it's, is, it's able to have. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. As, as much as he can feel that sort of feeling, yeah. because he is totally, and, hey, I am a Clinton fan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It, given the alternatives. Sure. Right. Um, so... Uh, if it was Clinton or the Bushes. I mean, there's no I question. Mean, I, I voted for Bill Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. I'd forget where I was going because I started thinking about the current president. We were talking and, about Lisa Grass, and the but shot. I don't know what that was. It doesn't matter. I don't either. I'll remember at 3 o'clock <laughs> We're talking morning. about the Republicans being out for him and not, I don't know, whether Monica was in love with him and he was in love with her. You remember? Bang. Okay. Totally remember. Uh, so... So I am a Clinton fan. Yeah. So when I say this, I say it as a fanboy. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a sociopath. Uh-huh. He is one hundred percent a sociopath. And my clue is that every person that he talks to says, "Oh, it feels like he was only talking to me. Yeah. It felt like he really understood my issues." And they feel this deep personal connection with him. That's I don't know how reciprocated it is, but it it just can't be. No, you can't have a right? deep personal connection with everyone you meet. It just doesn't happen. Oh, it is a sociopath or a, psych- a psychopath? I think they're basically that, the same. Well, I guess. So I know that like every CEO is a some sort yeah. of a sociopath. Yeah, or psychopath. Um, okay, 
have you ever taken the psychopath? Oh, of course you have, because sure. you listen to MFM, so you've heard this, the psychopath test. Um, that was going to be my big surprise <laughs> for you. I'm not at all a psychopath. Can you believe that question? By the way, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I try not to be, but it's hard. It's real hard. Um, okay, so let's see. So... Yeah, I mean, there. It, one in this whole incident. I was going to say affair, but yeah, I think also it, it's an affair. It's not an affair, right? Because um, with an affair, I think hearts and flowers and weekends away and cottages and stuff like that. Um, right. There are a lot of people to blame. Nobody's on their best behavior. No. Um, no, and and everybody's being human. So okay, and. Um, I totally derailed my whole plan. I was going to start off with like, what is an apology? Oh. What do we look for? You know, not not so much like a five minute dissertation on where does the word apology come from. It's thirty seconds. That's of, a good idea. A review. But um, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So. Apology, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, is a regretful acknowledgement of an offense or failure. And the origin uh, comes from mid-16th century, and it's denoting a formal defense against an accusation, right? So it has maybe a little bit more mm. of a legal sensibility to it uh, in the 1500s. Uh, it comes from the French apology, violate Latin and Greek, apologia, a speech in one's own defense. So... Apology, once upon a time, was something that maybe you offered in court, mm. right? Um, it, I didn't review it much further than that. So, uh, let's see. And then, in an apology, like, we've all given one. We've all received one. We've all accepted one. Uh, we've all pretended to accept one, right? I mean, there's so many layers of things that happen within an apology, but, um, you know, essentially, who's making the apology? What is their motivation? Um, what's the function of their apology? Is it to make somebody else feel better? Does it make themselves feel better? Right? Um, what is the result of their apology? What, is it, what does it do? Which is sort of buried under function. And then, um, ultimately, do they do it again? And I think that's how you kind of judge, was the apology sincere or was it a social maneuver to kind of grease the wheels for everybody at, at that time? Um, and in looking at Bill Clinton's apology. Um, well, which apology? Well, right. And so <laughs> we need a timeline. Right. Right. And, and maybe backing it up for. Again, the 13-year-old who is going to be our biggest fan right. listening to this, who knows nothing, who's never heard of these people, doesn't know in 1980 was, right. doesn't care. Um, so just kind of like a straight bullet point, um, what happened when, okay. right? Okay, so uh, in June of 1995, Monica Lewinsky is 21 years old, and she goes to the White House as an intern. Um her affair begins 
six months later, five months later, in November of 95, uh, there had been a government shutdown. The interns were kind of the right. free labor yes. for the government at the time. And so it's been proposed that if it hadn't been for the government shutdown, Monica Lewinsky never would have come into the orbit of Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Would never have gone into the same room with him. Right? So it's all the Republicans' fault um, when you look at it because they're the cause oh, of the government shutdown. 120%. <laughs> and also, we can blame pizza. Yes. Yes, because I'm sure there was a pizza gate no then doubt. too that rings a bell with me. Oh, I'm thinking of Comet Pizza as Pizza Gate, but I mean either way, pizza is to blame for many faults, <laughs> right, or or many things. Um, okay, so then in '96, yes, so in '96, so it has a fair in November. In April of '96. Monica Lewinsky is removed from the White House. And this is a quote from CNN. Uh, The Deputy White House Chief of Staff, Evelyn Lieberman, transfers Lewinsky to a job as an assistant to Pentagon spokesman Kevin Bacon. And Lieberman told the New York Times the move was due to inappropriate and immature behavior and inattention to work. Can you believe that that somebody is going to publicly state in the New York Times so rude. that your job performance yes. is poor. Yes. Right? Right. So it's already Monica's Why did fault. she not why did One. Monica not sue her for saying that? She was 21, 22. <laughs> That's right. um, she didn't know her parents better. were well connected. And kind of behind the scenes at this point. Like, the public doesn't know that anything's happened, but um, maybe there's a little bit of rumor flying around in D.C. Yeah. Um, but the movers and shakers know that, that some things happen. Right. Because why pay attention to an intern right. at all? Why do you publicly comment on the move of an intern? Um, let's see. So it's at the Pentagon that Lewinsky meets Linda Tripp, who's just this career government worker who also was moved from the White House to the Pentagon kind of against her own will, right? And Linda Tripp wanted back into the White House, and Linda Tripp wanted Bush back into the White mm-hmm. House, and Linda Tripp wanted Republicans back into the mm-hmm. White House. So uh, Linda Tripp and Monica Lewinsky become friends during this era of 96, and then um, from 96 to 98, they have their conversations, and... It's in 98 when Linda Tripp sort of unknowingly to, hi, I actually only speak English, and I'm not sure of the transitional word to use there, (laughs) but without Monica's knowledge, behind Monica's back, um, starts laying a trap, air quotes around, well, it was a trap, a trap for Monica Lewinsky, right? Because Linda Tripp's big objective is she's going to bring down Bill Clinton, this horrible person that she doesn't like, yep. right? Representative of a party she doesn't like and values she doesn't like. Um, so Linda Tripp is going to save America from the guy who can't keep his dick in his pants. I mean, I guess it's a podcast I can say that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how... I don't think we're going to be a G-rated podcast. 
Probably not. <laughs> I, I could try. It's yeah. It's funny how much like this feels like work. You know, <laughs> you could your work face on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I work clothes. Oh, right. This yeah, is awesome. what I would wear to work. Um, okay, so in '98, the Republicans have tripped over Monica Lewinsky, and they subpoena her. They're going to collect an affidavit from and her. And that's as part Bill of the Clinton Paula Jones lawsuit. Paula Jones. Right, exactly. So, And Paula right. Jones, of course, and accused Clinton of sexual harassment in 1994. Oh, uh, and he became president when? Was it 92? 93. Nin- yeah, 93 okay. to 2001. 93. Of course, I get it right. God, that seems like such a long Doesn't time. Doesn't it? Um, it was. It does. Two terms. Not even a long time ago, but like a long time. Um, yeah, hell glory days. Uh, okay, let's see. And so then, uh, I think this bit, uh, this bit of the story uh-huh. is kind of crucial to understanding what happens, but it's also really boring because <laughs> it's, it, yeah. it, you know, it's like Linda Tripp sets up Monica Lewinsky and then she's recording her and then she's Linda Tripp is shopping around a book deal in uh, in New York with conservative publishing houses, and this thing is getting bigger and more and more out of control. And Monica Lewinsky is still just being 23, 24, walking along. No idea. Um, Kind of pressing her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, ex-friend, to help her get, like, a really cushy job that's going to pay a lot of money, right? Yes. and, I mean, maybe by the old standards of how things were done, she totally deserved 100%. Like, um, and so... I don't know. I don't think see. I would have done what she did. Yeah. And she, she wrote him that letter that said, Dear Sir, mm-hmm. please get me this job that you promised me or I'm going to have to tell my parents why I'm not in the White House anymore. And that was... Of course, he went ballistic. And I would have too. But I would never have said that to anyone... I was having an affair with because I think I would be more like, why would I want to take anything from this asshole who's being such a jerk to me? But that's just well, me. So let's, let's, okay. But let's look at that. Right. And it's not to like defend her, her actions. Cause I agree. Like I've never done anything like that. Um, when you're done, you're done. Yeah. And whether, whether you're done with me right. or I'm done with if you. If someone's done, it's, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do me a favor, though? <laughs> um, okay, so so neither of us would have pressed things that far, but but I can actually imagine a scenario where I might have, and that's when you're so obsessed with somebody that any level of attention is good attention. It is the boil a bunny on the stove right. level of I want your attention, right? Or if you're angry, right? or both. Or, or both, right? But to me, it seems very attention-seeking behavior. Yeah. And at that, at that point, she hadn't know. really had contact with him in, I think, like six months or something. So that does back up oh. your assertion. Um, so great. And then she starts getting some attention yeah. in, in a way that perhaps she misunderstood at the time when he reaches out. And well, actually, so I don't know about this part. I don't know if he reached out to her and said, hey, you're going to be subpoenaed or she might have reached out to him and said, 
oh my God, I've received a subpoena and they want me to talk about this Paula Jones case that, that you're involved with. I think right? he found out in the deposition for the Jones case that she had been subpoenaed because I remember watching this, the, um, the deposition on a Clinton affair and he was totally, when they were asking him about Jennifer Flowers and Paula Jones and everybody else, he was totally calm and cool and, and uh, just on it but then when they started asking him about Monica Lewinsky like he started gulping and, and became very uncomfortable and I think it was totally a blind side to him that they were suddenly asking him about Monica Lewinsky and the hat pin and the gifts that he had given her and they had specific details that Linda Tripp of course had given them so um, yeah and at that point had Monica Lewinsky been in, I mean, I guess she must have been interrogated. There must have been that famous afternoon in the in the Ritz the Carlton. Yeah, it. it was the Ritz Carlton, and um, I I am not sure of the timing of that, but I know that was after she had signed the affidavit saying that she never had the sexual relationship with Clinton. That was in 1998. So, and then after that, Ken Starr got the tapes from Linda Tripp, and then. A few weeks after that is when Bill Clinton went on TV saying, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. So. A line that will live yeah, in infamy. In history. So that. In infamy for How sure. anybody. He must have misspoken when he said that because nobody could ever have approved him saying that woman referring to. That's what I think. But maybe they were thinking they were trying to get the public's opinion turned against Miss Lewinsky by calling her that woman. It's, but it's so disrespectful. It, it's very disrespectful, and in a way, it's also dehumanizing, yes. right? Because it's playing with words. It's putting some distance between you, right? The word, yeah. where I get to be real nerdy, the word I in your sentence, and Miss Lewinsky, yeah. right? And by making Miss Lewinsky a, be an indirect object of that woman, or that woman, Miss Lewinsky modifies that mm -hmm. woman, so the object of the sentence is that woman, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's a grammar move. That's that's intentional. That's a real, that's not a speaking off of the cuff thing. Mm. Um, that's, that's it. and whether or not, I guess I just said it was intentional, maybe it was subconscious, but I, I think it probably was intentional. Really? Um, because because the words that woman I mean one we're talking about it thirty years later and two those words do some work in that sentence yeah. they do some real heavy lifting and so uh, they convey a lot of his anger his yeah. rage um, but it also does a lot of work against and I don't want to say poor Monica Lewinsky because in the way that I would not press an ex for a job uh -huh. right. I also would not be able to stand up to the full power of the U.S. government. I would have buckled like a house of cards in four seconds. <laughs> I would have signed everything. I would have been on TV. I would be slashing my wrist today publicly for anybody that wanted to see it, right? Um, and she took on the, uh, the FBI, Kent Starr. She was not going to turn evidence. Yeah. And maybe some of that is with her it left over from her air quotes around love for Bill Clinton. Um, but I think it really speaks to her character and I could build a great argument about that by just pointing to her today yes. and saying, look at her. What an amazing right? woman she is now, um, yes. Oh, 120%. And she has the best hair. And, you know, 
Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's, really I don't does. know how old she is. She's 10 years younger than us or something. She's in her 40s. She looks fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. She's, she, age has been very, very kind good to, to her. Monica and Lewinsky. she doesn't look like she's had any kind of plastic surgery or anything. She looks just great. None that you could tell. No. Not even right. Botox. I mean, um, I don't know, but she looks great. <laughs> well, let's say that, you know what? We're, I'm not going to now bag on Monica Lewinsky. Um, she is genetically gifted. Yes, she is. Right? But, I mean, clearly she's genetically gifted because she had a strength of character and fortitude that I don't have. Right. Like, I, it would, I don't. Very few people would, I think. She, was, she, was, she had the integrity that I wish Bill Clinton had had. Well, right. Right. Right, she's the Barack Obama of Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> no, it's the Barack Obama of Paula Jones. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just love Barack. But Obama. speaking um, of apologies, so um, the in August, which is like six months later, he Clinton had to testify to the grand jury, and he finally said, um, "Well, in the grand jury test." testimony he said the famous sentence it depends on what the meaning of the word is is which is in answer to the question is there an ongoing affair or something like that you know is is there an inappropriate relationship with you and monica Lewinsky? and he's like well what do you mean by is which you know was widely mocked and rightly so and another sentence that i can't believe people allowing him to say oh but then you know i mean if you're if you're an academic and you're a law scholar, oh my fucking God, that like blows the lid <laughs> yeah, off of yeah. like, what are we really doing with law? He worked hard because on what he was saying, if that's the case. He was good. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then, well, I mean, they didn't call him Slick Willie for that's nothing, true. right? It had nothing to do with... Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so, so, so he, uh, was that an actual... Uh, so walk me back through that so again. That wasn't so that was an six apology. months later, he's gone Yeah, so, so he testified to the grand jury and he said that there was, he admitted to inappropriate intimate contact and said that um, at the same time, whether or not he had had an inappropriate relationship depends on what the meaning of the word is, is. But that afternoon or that night, he talked to the, the country in, in a TV address and admitted that he'd had a relationship with Lewinsky. And he said, indeed, I did have a relationship with Miss Lewinsky that was not appropriate. In fact, it was wrong. It constituted a critical lapse in judgment and a personal failure on my part for which I am solely and completely responsible. Now, what do we think of that as an apology? So that's, that's a very, I'm sorry, I got caught and I'm going to pretend that I am taking ownership of this apology, right? That's a, that's a, in a way it feels to me like I'm yeah, now, yeah. right. Right. Now I'm going to show you that I have integrity. I'm going to show you that I'm a good person. I'm going to show you guys, right? Um, yeah, there were, uh, so that was August seventeenth uh, of ninety eight, right? Yes. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, and and that was a very um, it, 
forceful apology. It looks like a good apology on paper. I think I, you know, I didn't listen to it, but I think I should go back and listen to it because I suspect that I would not be happy with it if I heard how he said it. Um, because it, uh, it is just such a turnaround very... from everything he had said up to that point, and suddenly he's going to be Mister um, Responsible. Hundred percent. It's it's very accusatory. His tone is he is blaming the viewer, even though the words coming out of his mouth. Um, on paper looked nice. Mm-hmm. His tone is very, um, and I think at the time people said he wasn't controlled. Yes, I remember that. Uh, so it was a big sorry, not sorry. Yeah, yeah. And then his next apology was in September of the same year, and he said, um, getting better, I don't think there's a fancy way to say that I have sinned. It is important to me that everyone who has been hurt know that the sorrow I feel is genuine. First and most important, my family, my friends, my staff, my cabinet, Monica Lewinsky and her family, and the American people. I have asked all for their forgiveness. Uh, And then he said that the Lewinsky matter would always serve as a caution light in my life and that it was very important that our nation move forward. And that was something that he said a lot, that we need to move on. I need to do my job now. Oh. Yeah. Um, we need to forget about this this little thing that happened <laughs> and move forward, which was another thing that worked against him in the apology department. He didn't say, I'm sorry, you know, I did this. It was entirely my fault. Um, I'll, I'll take the hit that, need, that I need to take, blah, blah, blah. He was like, let's move on. A hundred percent. Let's forget about what I did wrong. Okay, it's yeah, over. Yeah, we're right? good. And he he could have easily walked away from that podium and never thought about it again. And then called and, Monica Lewinsky that night I at two thirty for more phone sex. So. Wow. No, I don't, I'm not saying he did. I'm saying he wow. could have. Oh. I don't think he did. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I, was like, would, I missed that piece of the of this. Sense. That really would be something if he had. No, but I don't think he did have contact with her again after that. Well, I mean, but it's. Probably not, yeah, right? Not not after that, right? I mean, he couldn't be that stupid. Um, but then you would think, like, well, you couldn't have an affair with an intern. You couldn't be that stupid <laughs> if you're president of the United States. And but she okay, says he has are. never apologized um, to her personally. He never has. So. Um, his apologies have always been public to the public. Yep. And to his and, and to he, his family, and you know, it, it, all about how it affected him. You know, this my family was affected, and my family was hurt, and I was hurt, and, and you know, this is all about me. So I didn't like that. And we need to move on. Yeah, and we need to move on now. I've, yeah, I've hurt everybody, but it's time. It's time to move on from the hurt, right? Um, and it's great that he gets to tell. He gets to decide that. Yeah. He gets to decide. It's time to move on. Um, let's see. So I didn't see that second apology. I did watch the first. Um, I think there were seven or eight of the them. One that, and, and he was even apologizing oh, earlier dozens, this year. Dozens. And uh, yeah, actually, so he apologized. So I typed into Google, the Google machine, right? Um, Clinton apology. Mm-hmm. And it pulled up a bunch of videos, mm-hmm. right? But multiples of the same video Mm -hmm. and i was like oh okay this must be the first apology and it wasn't it's it's a 2010 apology that he makes at the national prayer breakfast right that wonderful symbol of the separation of church and state the national prayer breakfast 
And he said, I agree with those who have said that my first statement after I testified was not contrite enough. Oh, actually, you just read that. No, I think that's different. Okay. Um, I don't think there's a fancy way to say that oh, I have sinned. Yeah. Is, well, maybe you said yeah, that twice. So, well, probably. <laughs> and, and, you know, what I didn't like about that was it's the stereotypical politician using sin yeah. as a means of apology yeah. in a religious setting, really right? Wrong. Because now you're forgiven. We all forgive you, right? We're all having affairs with interns, too. Right, right. And it's between um, me and God. And God's forgiven me. So what problem do you have? <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> God says we should move on. Right. God says. You just told me. But there are so many apologies. Um, and there was one in, I think, 2018. And he apologized to her. It was. Um, and at the same time, he was saying things like, I dealt with it 20 years ago, and the American people stayed with me. I've tried to do a good job since then with my life and with my work, and that's all I have to say. And then in, at, maybe at the same interview as NBC in June 2018, um, he was asked if he thought he owed Monica a personal apology, and he said indignantly, no, I do not. So I don't think that he was sorry, even though he kept apologizing. And not only, by the way, not only did he apologize for the Lewinsky thing, he apologized for the Rwandan genocide, the overthrow of Hawaii in 1983, the Tuskegee study, Japanese internment, and Guatemala, and probably a whole lot of other things I didn't find out. So he is an apology fanatic. And I don't know if he did any of them any better than the Lewinsky apologies. Wow. Right? Wow. I mean, maybe wow. it's common That's for presidents really to apologize for these things. And I think it's really good that he did because we needed to apologize for these things. It would have been better if we hadn't done them in the first place, which is exactly how I feel about the whole Lewinsky thing. You can apologize all you want. It's a nice gesture if it's authentic, but it should never have happened. And you can't apologize some things away. Well, and I think that's really key here, right? For the, for the why does Bill Clinton keep issuing all these apologies? Yeah. Um, because he wants it to go away. Yeah. And so how do you make something go away in normal life? I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. So, yeah, he did, he did make a comment um, about he's apologized a dozen times over the years. And that was probably in his 2018 apology where he was like, I don't personally owe Monica Lewinsky an apology. Mm. Um, but, I mean, maybe he just doesn't understand... And I'm not, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm sort of now giving him benefit of some doubt yeah. here, right? Um, and and I really need to watch what I do with this. Um, let's see. Let's see what I do with this. Um, it's possible he just doesn't understand that it's, that the power imbalance was wrong. And in his mind, he's thinking... Well, she's as much to blame as I am, even more so, yeah. because she came on to me first kind of thing. Uh -huh. If you want to take, I have a crush on you from a 22-year-old as a, as a come on. Right, right. I mean, I wouldn't. I'd be like, How cute. you need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how mortified you'd be if you confessed your crush on someone. They were like, oh, how cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's happened, and I probably blocked it out of my memory, which is why I don't have a very specific, you know, moment that comes to mind. 
But I mean, we've all we've all done yeah. that, right? That thing of like, oh, I I like you, right? Yeah. And and you know, yai, um, hundred percent. I know. Well, probably mine have always been like the five second thing, where you're in a bar. I'm going to go back into the '90s here, right? But so you'd be in a bar and you'd go up to somebody and be like, "Hi, what time is it? Do you have a lighter?" And they'd be like, "I don't wear a watch and I don't smoke." <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> is that how you tell people? You never come out to say I like. Is it. that how say? Is that how you tell people you like them? You ask them for a cigarette or a lighter and and the time at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a pretty good way of doing it. I never thought of that. Because <laughs> that's two things, right? right? So you, you're asking yeah. for at the same time. <laughs> Somebody might not have a watch, but they're, they're going to have one or the other. In the 90s. In the 90s. Yeah. Um, today, if you ask somebody what time it is, that's is, something's fucking up. Because where's your clock? Where's, where's your phone? phone? I was going to say, where's your clock? <laughs> What's a clock? <laughs> <laughs> I totally... <laughs> I forget where we uh, were. So I wonder. Oh, um, so we were we were at about the 2018 apology, where his apology tour, if you will, yeah. where he apologized uh, in June, and it kind of was a, no, I don't owe her. And then there was a lot of blowback, and I don't think he was expecting that. And then a couple of days later, he came out and made a better apology. Um, and, and, you know, I don't want to get to do I accept it or not um, until nearer the end, right? right? But I'm very clearly in one camp. Forgive the man, always, 100%. Really? Okay. You're, you're, I'm no, like, what? no, no. Oh my God. <laughs> like, where did this come from? <laughs> He's a man. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm poking the hornet's nest, you know. That's funny. <laughs> Um, but Monica but, uh, has okay. come out of this the winner, I think, in, in every respect. Oh. I mean, not only does she look fantastic, but she's just so self-possessed and intelligent and thoughtful. And she's able to honestly address the issues to the best of her ability, um, which I think it, it, are considerate. I think she, if she hadn't gotten involved with this ridiculous president, she probably would have made quite a good career at the white house oh well i mean maybe at the white house right but i think um and okay so i'll get i'll get a little i don't know what the word is i'll, I'll find it um but like you have those moments everybody has a moment in their life where it's a test of your character and it it kind of forms who you are uh-huh. and it may be a period that extends for a couple of years it might be a single moment uh-huh right where it's just like life-changing and and she has such fortitude yes um she could have had a beautiful career maybe she'd be i don't know an ambassador or uh you know i don't want to say a dc wife right because uh, i'm already discounting her as a person but maybe that maybe she would have become a dc wife right I don't know. um but but for sure something in in politics but now she's this humanitarian, like, figure, um, and she does so much good in the world. Yes. And maybe regardless of what she ended up doing, she would have done some good in the world because she's a very smart, um, 
forthright, self-aware, yep. self-possessed yep. person. Like, 100% a fan. I no time did I ever think Monica Lewinsky was a bimbo, but... For a long time, yes. she was the punchline of a show. She was. She was. And that one picture of her that was put everywhere was so unflattering. It's just the picture I think of when I think of Monica Lewinsky is that one when her hair is like kind of fluffy around her head. And she looks really um, not at all the way Monica Lewinsky looked in her everyday life. And, you know, it's, I thought that was so, I think that was so unfair of them to have used that picture, but I understand why they did Oh, why did they? Because they wanted her to. They wanted to portray her in the most bimboy, unflattering light that they could, and so they took a picture that made her look um, was unflattering to her and did not show her as the you know. Even as a young person, I think she had some degree of self possession, and they didn't want to show that. Oh, hundred a hundred percent. So speaking of photos, mm -hmm. let's take a quick look at the Vanity Fair incident mm -hmm. that occurred hot on the heels of the uh of the public admission that clinton had had an affair with that woman and didn't her lawyer put and, her up to that saying that he wanted to like you know bolster oh, her ego or something like her libido was her being libido. Yeah, what the hell yes. why would you do that to your client in a in a what? case like that why the fuck and here's why the fuck um so the Lewinsky family had some money and had some connections, but the key word there is some. They had some money and some connections. And the attorney they went for um, out of, um, I think he was out of LA. I didn't really, I did a little tiny bit of looking at him because I, when I read his quote, I could not believe that any attorney would say that to a member of the press, right? Um, so what did he say? He said, She's not feeling good about herself, and she's and she's depressed. Um, and he told reporters her libido was suffering. She's been imprisoned like a dog for four months, and she's angry at all the gossip writers who say trashy things about her. Okay, fair enough. But number one, you're likening your client to a dog, right? I mean, right. Come on. Right. And two, you then help arrange a photo shoot with her Brits for Vanity Fair for your client. It's saying that her libido um, has been depressed. I mean... Oh, the, the libido thing was like... Outrageous. That's what I was like, Who the fuck is this guy? Oh, but I forgot. So this guy was a wannabe... This is just after the O.J. Simpson trial. Oh. Right? And every prosecutor, every defense attorney wanted to be Marsha Clark or Johnny Clark. Was this her lawyer from right? out of town? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, William William Ginsburg with like your last name's Ginsburg. How can you <laughs> fuck up with words? Um and so let's see. Um uh, so they they arranged this photo shoot for her with Vanity Fair, which at the time magazines were I mean, how would you explain magazines to a current audience? I think we still have magazines. Okay. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, no explanation no is explanation required. <laughs> but I mean, like the importance of magazines, because the, the magazines that was were how sort you of got your gossip and your your pop news, your entertainment news, and that sort of thing. And Vanity Fair had some really good articles in it that were political and and sociologically important. And they, yeah, and and uh, and they went deep. Yeah. 
Um, so you got your news from TV or the radio, yeah. and uh, CNN was still a relative. Oh my God! I mean, we're so old. This is ridiculous. Listen to how much media has changed, right? Um, and when you wanted like in-depth information on a topic, you really weren't going to get that from a newspaper. Right. You had to go to a library and do some research or a magazine might do like an expose or something. And so, so this was like Vanity Fair was one of the leading lifestyle magazines at the time. Um, And this was a big deal. Uh, I don't know who their competition would have been. Maybe like Time Magazine, which was really more newsy. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, there kind of wasn't. There wasn't competition for them. No, I can't think of it. No, I don't know. Not for like. Well, Rolling Stone was doing some articles um, at the time, so maybe them. Rolling Stone, uh, but they probably would have gone more the politics. Yeah. We'll we'll just say that Vanity Fair was the only choice, right? But everybody wanted. um, Oh my God! I was going to say everybody wanted a piece of Lewinsky, (laughs) and that's like. Funny, but not right, right? right. But but truly, that's. I mean, when when considering an apology, I think it's important to look at the damage that's been mm-hmm. done, right? Um, and so, uh, so Monica's attorney, even though he's representing mm-hmm. her, immediately sets her up for public failure by talking about her libido, right? And and they these Herbert's photos are they're fine you know one's really good like one's the photo you want on your book jacket right she's wearing a a black i don't know like businesswoman suit but it's really stylish kind of like coco chanel sort of thing but it's all black and her arms are crossed and she looks really Strong, good, I mean, together, good. right? She's kind of the Monica that when you think of Monica Lewinsky today, yes, and you see her, that's who you see, just poise radiating from that photo. But then there's this one photo where she's like in a one piece bathing suit, standing uh, in a beach in Malibu with an American flag flying in the wind behind her back. She's holding up, and it's a very Marilyn Monroe troop pinup kind of girl sort mm. of photo, and not where we should have gone, right. guys. Um, so very much the press was sexualized. Of course, you know, I mean, Monica's not stupid. Mm-hmm. And so clearly she decided, yeah, this is a pose I'll do. And I mean, I don't know, because I haven't, I haven't researched it or looked at it. And I don't know if she's ever addressed it. So I don't know if she was kind of forced into this let's make a glamour girl kitten out of you. But at the time there was kind of this, it felt to me at the time that the Lewinsky camp was trying to figure out what her public persona was going to be, could be right. And really her options were, uh, Hillary Clinton or Marilyn Monroe. You're either going to be a strong, powerful businesswoman or you're going to be a sex kitten. Yeah, right. Exactly. Those, those are two options. And maybe those are why there's those photos. Um, and so then Vanity Fair had a nice little paragraph about Monica Lewinsky. And I will read this to you from their July 1998 edition titled, Who's That Girl? Because that's all all of America wanted to know. Um, it's official. 
Good Americans think that what grown people do in the privacy of their own Oval Office is no one else's concern. We don't want, in other words, interference in our interns' affairs. But surely a peck, a glimpse, a hint could do no real harm to the Republic. In the spirit of open government, and for the heck of it, Monica Lewinsky permits Herb Ritz to remove her first veil. Um, pretty good writing, I'm going to say, but also very... Um, that pisses me off. Objectify. Well, it's, it's totally Monica Lewinsky is a sexual object, right? It's layered with innuendo. And also, we know what we're doing when we say yeah. affairs and in the privacy of your own Oval Office vagina. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, I'm an English major, and so if you give me a word, I will stretch it to be whatever I want it to be to help me prove a point. Right? Um, oh, my then, God. You know, argue against me math majors. I was just getting mad that they were saying, majors. you know, whatever you do in the privacy of the Oval Office is your own business, when it clearly is not. What you do in the Oval Office is the country's business. That's why they put you there, Right. So that's my opinion. Oh, if you were mad, get <laughs> oh ready. boy, there's more. Okay. And by the way, this was written by Christopher Hitchens. Oh, okay. No wonder um, he always pisses me off. Okay, all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got something from Iowa State Daily. If we need to get there, you will you'll fucking lose your mind. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see. So this is about three paragraphs. I won't take up a lot of time reading this, but let's start with the opener. So was this the face? The face that launched a thousand subpoenas and ruined the coverage of His Holiness in Havana? Since January, America has been subsisting on a meager diet of Pentagon high school uh, mugshots, revealing more about American dentistry than about the obscure object of desire. Now Monica Lewinsky has graduated. She has graduated furthermore into that pantheon of women who, it seems, shook men enough to shake history. Helen of Troy, Theodora of Byzantium, Camilla Parker Bowles. They have nothing in common with each other, but everything in common with an ancient narrative that everybody, however coy or hypocritical, is encoded to understand. Best of all, Monica has joined this class without saying a public word. Um... Her lips, wait, here are the lips that Revlon nearly hired. Here's the unarguable femininity that got the alpha and the beta males from Vernon Jordan to Kenneth Starr, biting through their pencils and stuffing the briefcases. And I mean, you know, we could go on and on and on. Well, that was the nice one. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when we say Monica Lewinsky went through the... Oh, she went through hell. The ringer? She went through hell. Absolutely did for years. And she says now, she says she has PTSD. And actually, that leads up to a good quote, which she said. She said, now, this is yeah. two years ago, she said, now at 44, I'm just beginning to consider the implications of the power differentials that were so vast between a president and a White House intern. I'm beginning to entertain the notion that it's... Beginning to entertain the notion that in such a circumstance, the idea of consent might well be rendered moot. Although power imbalances and the ability to abuse them do exist even when the sex has been consensual. So she's, mm -hmm. she's coming to her senses in my opinion. Um, I'm sorry she has PTSD, but I believe it and I believe a lot of it came from the press. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the press for sure, but also kind of the press is sort of 
you at, in that era, uh-huh. right? You could kind of ignore the press a little uh-huh. bit, like uh, it wasn't on your phone, uh, it it wasn't on your computer. Right, you had to seek right? it out. Like, a you had bit. computers or laptops. Yeah, I mean, maybe walking down the street, there was a newspaper box or something. And were you front page news? Okay, great. If you're on page two, you're not going to see it. Um, I think, and I don't know this, but I put myself in her shoes again. For me, it would be the personal stuff. It would be like in the grocery store or when you run into the 7-Eleven to grab a pack of gum. Yeah, yeah, you get the star or the inquirer or whatever. Oh, no, I'm thinking about the clerk behind the the counter who like... Yeah, uh-huh. who maybe says something like, nice shade of lipstick, lady. But he knows you're Monica Lewinsky, oh. and he's making a blowjob joke. Oh, oh, right? oh. oh, I see. Microaggressions, yeah. we now properly know them yeah. as, right? Uh, so yeah, I guess that's what I should say, is all the microaggressions that she endured and all the punchlines and jokes that people made to her face. Yeah. Um, About everything. she was just 100%. I mean... Um, I mean, she wasn't yes, conventionally thin, who, uh, so she got all kinds of heat for that. And looking back at it now, you know, she was a perfectly healthy weight. There was nothing about her that was, you know, she was not obese by any stretch of the imagination. And even if she was, she shouldn't have gotten any heat for it. But um, she definitely got heat for it. Right. And 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 that's because they, um, you know, we have women's sexuality and she wasn't meeting the the proper yeah. form right that society said this is what a sexual woman looks this is what a woman looks yeah. like that men would throw their careers away right. for oh she doesn't look like that she's the problem yeah right um because if she had fit more of a of a i don't know beauty standard cultural mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. of what what yeah okay beauty yeah, standard. Totally. um she might have become she could have been famous like famous in a good way well, yeah, or, or uh, um, like an Anna Nicole Smith type. Right. Although Anna Nicole Smith she, is lacking the the intelligence of a Monica Lewinsky. Sorry, Anna, I'm a fan. Sadly, that I'm just not even going to tell you the jokes that went through my head. That's um, good. Don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. I, I, we'll need to cut that part out. <laughs> Um, okay, so we both agree that Monica Lewinsky went through an inordinate amount of hell, unfairly so, yeah. um, not not from her own creation. We can't say, "Oh, Monica, you should have known." You better, brought it on yourself. Right? No, there's no, there's you. She, she, she. There's no way she could possibly have predicted that any of this would happen. No, and you know, I'll I'll even say like. I have done stupid things. I have suffered the consequences for, right? Um, I've done stupid things that I haven't suffered the consequences (laughs) for, which led to other stupid things. Um, So, so even if let's argue that, you know, she deserved it. She brought it on herself. Okay, fine. That was the fire that tempered the steel that made the person we see today standing before us, right? Who is a person that, I would not only align myself right. with, 
but I would like to be more like. Right. Um, and that reminds me. I mean, me I think I'm a pretty great person. Of a quote that I heard on My Favorite Murder, which you probably heard if you listened this week, is I think it must have been Brene Brown because they were talking about a podcast they love and they, they never said which one it was, but I think it was probably the Brene Brown podcast. And she said um, the, something like, the, the people who have been through something, the people who have suffered trauma, are the people who need to save the world because they understand what it is to go through shit. That's not quite how she said it, but. That is, uh, I did hear that quote, and it was very um, uh, mindful, yeah. I suppose is the word, uh, very, very aware, right? Uh, and and I liked that. Um, and 100% agree, yeah. right? Uh, and so, so, yes. And then, so on the side, we have Monica Lewinsky, who's crawled through the fire and come out, right, on the other side mm-hmm. of it. And then we have Bill Clinton, who, I mean, you know, he got reelected. Um, did he? I don't think he had another affair, public affair. Not that we know of. That's, that's ever and come he actually out, right? had ended that affair before all this came out. Tried to end the affair with Monica, saying that he had had a habit of having these affairs and wanted to stop. Which you know, um, for. For somebody like a Bill Clinton, I mean, is that true? I mean, of course, I know. Let me let me back up there. So yes, I know that he did end the affair, and then like a couple of months later, called her. Yeah, had yeah, some yeah, checks, yeah, right? yeah. Um, and so and Typical. sure, we've all done that. We've all broken up with somebody and then gone back uh-huh. to them, right? Um, out of weakness or, or whatever. But um, yeah, I guess. Well, no, I don't. So yes, like is Bill Clinton a sex addict? Probably. I mean, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> um, seems seems likely. Um, did he learn something from the Monica Lewinsky scandal? Um, and I don't even like that it has her name on yeah. it. But then I heard uh, somebody else make a great point, which was. Uh, there were so many Clinton scandals. You have to put a name on this one. Um, and That's fair true. enough. I mean, whether the scandals were true or not, there, there were a lot, right? So uh, maybe we'll just call it the intern affair. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, or, or I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Monica's like, great. I'm, you know, call it whatever you want. I don't care. My life is great. I'm fine. You do you. Um, but, you know, I mean, did did he suffer? Sure, he suffered. Uh, did he suffer as much and as long as Monica Lewinsky? Not even by a long no. shot. Um, and, you know, um, at that point, do we... Okay, I mean, are we at the point where we would say, like, do you accept the apology? Yeah, or? yeah how do you want to do that, too? So, yeah, great question. Um, I... So the thing that I love about the podcasts that I listen to <laughs> is that they, I mean, there is some structure to them, but they're very natural flowing conversations. Mm-hmm. And I'm there more for the vicarious companionship right. and, and friendship right. Right? and a little bit of entertainment. Um, and then, you know, my informational podcasts are very specific. Right. And I don't go to them because I really want to hear Herman talk. Right. Oh, yeah. I want to know about Julius Caesar. And I've got 20 minutes to burn. (laughs) Um, So I guess whenever it comes up, 
I mean, we just, you know, make it up as, as we okay. make it up. But, it, I mean, it kind of feels like we've we've gone through sort of, yeah. what happened? And, I mean, some really good discussion. There was a lot of stuff that I was unaware of that you brought to light. Um, and in particular, I really liked that uh, I had no idea I was such a Republican <laughs> back in the you day. You were. You were. I don't disagree at all. <laughs> um, I totally can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was I a have dark no idea period where of that your life. Came from or why? <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, probably. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, hope, I hope not really. <laughs> at least you're over it now. Oh well, no. I mean, oh, one hundred percent. I mean, if Republicans are for legalizing all the drugs, sex workers, <laughs> uh, you know, if they were then, Democrats, then, you'd then, be yeah. a yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so universal income, universal health care. I mean, why the fuck not if we can? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, so we are at that point where what do you think of the apology? And is it one that you would accept? And I, I guess yeah. collectively we could say all of his. There's so many Clinton apologies for this incident. Right. So you have to take them all into account, I think. The the first one, I I think, I, I don't think anyone would accept. Um, I, I, having hated Bill Clinton from the beginning, having not been surprised that he was having an affair with a 22-year-old intern, um, having felt that was wrong and bad for Monica, um, I do not find his apologies to be sufficient. I would agree. And I did a 180 on this because before I looked at it, I was like, yeah, he's sorry. Oh, I mean, you know, okay, I, I, I would accept his apology, right? Um, he's, you know, he said he was sorry, and let's move on, right? Um, so what would make his apology then, better? What would make his apology better would be if uh, Monica Lewinsky were to ever say, yes, he reached out to me personally mm -hmm. to apologize, mm -hmm. and... I accepted um, because his apologies to date, even up through 2018, are very, I'm going to perform the action of an apology, right. but you know I don't mean right. it. Right. Um, and or if I'm sorry for anybody, I'm sorry for me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And I mean, on the level, and I've uh, over the years, prior to this podcast, over the years, I have had arguments with Republicans, right? Um, particularly in this Trump era, the starting of the Trump mm -hmm. era, going back four years ago. We had a we had um, friends who probably will never hear this. Mm -hmm. um, watch the <laughs> uh, and we had them over for dinner. Uh, nice couple, married couple, right? Um, older, but not old. And what the fuck? Why am I going through all that? And uh, diehard Republicans, mm -hmm. 100%. And they were defending Trump. Um, and again, early on, he hadn't been elected to office, right? It was whatever the craziness of those primaries were. And, you know, we were very much like, oh, my God, like, who are these people? Mm -hmm. Right. And they really quickly moved it into the Clintons. Like, within five wow. seconds, it, it came down to, well, you know, the Clintons, the Clintons, the Clintons. And I said, words to the effect of, I really don't care what Bill Clinton did with his death. Mm -hmm. I care what he did with my constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. And therefore, job well done. Thank you, sir. 
lifetime and you know no need to go any further i don't care what he did in the white right. house right how about the white house is a sacred space John F. Kennedy. <laughs> you know clinton's not the first guy to have Certainly not. done something you know unsavory if, if we will uh in the white house and and yeah i mean you know they were like okay all right theo well this is really good spaghetti <laughs> and we, conversation moved on because how do you yeah. like if you ever want to win an argument just bring up jfk and it shuts everything down <laughs> i'll have to try that it's true it's like how every argument goes to hitler yeah. at some point uh, right? right jfk just diffuses everything oh my gosh god you look like jfk <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's funny that you bring up JFK because I was thinking early on when I was look, doing research for this, um, I was thinking that Bill Clinton probably wanted to be a Kennedy and thought of himself as a Kennedy. He, he has that 100%. attitude and that, you know, that entitlement, that feeling that he should really be the president. And, and for, to a large degree, oh. he did a good job as president. You know, he just fucked up they big time in this area. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, you know, it is that that thing of um, you're, you know, every every great person has a fatal flaw. Otherwise, yeah. there's no story. Right. Right. And uh, with Hillary and I love Hillary. hundred percent. I don't care. You could show me a picture of her riding on a broom, eating a baby. And I would be like, that baby looks delicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please let me know when I've gone out of line somewhere uh, and do I that. will rein it back in. <laughs> oh, no, you Keep have going. to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but uh, yeah, oh, God, no, it wasn't, I got lost in that Hillary eating a baby thing now. Mm. Um, uh, oh, I mean, whatever. I think your point about, about the Kennedys is super right on track. Um he really thought they were going to have the Camelot. Yeah. They even tried that sort yeah, of thing they did. With, with their press, right? Whereas the Obamas really literally were the reinvention oh, of uh, the, the Kennedys. I right? love them so much. Oh, my God. They can Class. do no wrong. 100%. <laughs> Never. You could show me a picture of Michelle Obama on a broom eating a baby. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be she like, looks so good I eating that baby. That baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, so whatever it was about Hillary that I was going to say, I'm a fan, and then I was going to say something negative. Yeah. Um, and can't remember the point. It'll be fun for me to re-listen to I this. I know. It'll be interesting. Because it'll be like, oh, my God, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that point's so important. We have to put it in. Um, but, but, yeah, okay, so... God, I talk a lot, um, which I guess is good on it's a podcast. It's good on a podcast, yes. Somebody, one of us needs yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that you say the smart thing. When you first started talking, I was like, I didn't study hard enough for this. Like, wow. Thanks. That's sweet. D dilexicon? Wow. Like, <laughs> um Okay, so I would, so, okay, so initially, yes, with Clinton, I was very much like, all right, he apologized, time's gone by, it was a vast right-wing conspiracy, so not that it wasn't his fault, he should have known better, 
but he did it, and then he said he was sorry. So, okay, good enough for me. And, and Monica's okay now, so that so fine, right? And it didn't happen to me. You know, my personal moment with Clinton when he lied to me very quickly was forgotten when I saw the truly vast right-wing yeah. uh, conspiracy. Oh, yeah. You know, it was plain as fucking yeah, day when real. it was happening. Um, actually, here's my moment of pride. I was a registered Republican um, when I was like 18 mm-hmm. and just kind of never took care of that. And I voted for whoever, but I did vote for Reagan when I was 18. Mm. Uh, but it's, he reminded me of my granddad oh. and I was 18. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, hey, he's nice. <laughs> yeah. I voted. Um, little did I know. Right. right? Um, Started Live and learn. Like Clinton. Yeah. Little did I know. Yeah. Right. Uh, but now, okay, so looking, having gone through this and read these apologies and watched these apologies um no i don't accept the apology i don't think it's sincere um and minus the fallout let's say nothing ever happened to monica and she was perfectly fine throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. right um i just i know a sincere apology when i hear one when i see one yeah. and this wasn't it no it was none of them. None of the apologies were. If he apologized right, he wouldn't have to do it over and over again, in my opinion. Um, but maybe he will. Maybe he will. Maybe they're they're getting better every time he does them. So maybe one day he'll, you know, have the balls to reach out to Monica Lewinsky directly in person, and say, "I'm sorry for you know my part in this mess that I, that I put you in." And he really did put her in that mess. He he was the one who called her into the office. He was the one who called her on the phone. She could never call him back. She didn't have a number to call him. She wasn't allowed to call him. She wasn't allowed to go into the White House to see him unless she had an escort or unless she had some reason to be there, which he would always give her. So, you know, it was all entirely uh, his, his control when he saw her. So it was entirely his responsibility that the whole thing happened. No. Oh, 100%. 100%. Even... Even when I was 22, mm-hmm. right, I knew I did not have the the self-determination, if you will, to really be making uh, dating decisions when it came to dating older, older people, right? right? Um, guys my own age, I didn't even think about yeah. like that because there was no power imbalance. Yeah. But when there was a power imbalance... Like, I knew it wasn't a real relationship, even if we dated for six months, right. and even if there was dinner, and all of that. Like, I knew it, would, it could never be a thing. Even if there was dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Is that good or bad? I mean... <laughs> I meant, like, you know, a romantic dinner. Right. Where right. maybe like he cooked <laughs> and and put the dishes on the table, he made right? An effort, and, yeah. and that happened a lot, right? Uh, right. Okay, that's a nice way to put it. He made an effort, even even if effort was was put on, even if and when they knew my favorite things about mm-hmm. me, right? And and responded to them or you know, whatever. Here's your favorite writer, new right. book, right? Oh, that's great. Never once did I think, like, we're going to get married because the power balance was just too much. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately for Monica, that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, it wasn't but then for it me. Is different for women. When I was 20, whatever, and <clears throat> 18, excuse me, hold, let me clear my throat. Okay. 
when I was 18 and dating a 34-year-old man, it never occurred to me there was a power imbalance. Um, I mean, you know, considering that I was much smarter than him, <laughs> maybe there was No, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah, but I totally see Monica's perspective on that at her age, that she would think it was consensual and not really understand, just too young to understand what was going on. That's it. She was too young to understand, and while legally she could give consent, maybe would, would do I want to use the word uh, intel, a, emotional? What's the word for uh, intellectually, emotionally? Like it's like emotional IQ. There, there's a word for that. Um, I don't. I don't know. know I'll have to. I'll have to find that. Yeah. So. Um, she wasn't emotionally developed enough, mm-hmm. emotionally intelligent. Uh, That's what I'm looking for. She wasn't emotionally intelligent enough to really be making that kind of a decision. Not her fault. No, not That's her fault. just you're 22. His fault. He knew she was 22. He knew she couldn't do it. That's why he did it. Yeah. That's why he did That's it. Totally why That's he did totally it. why he did it. Because she was 22. She was, cute. She, was she was there. She would accept that kind of bullshit. Yeah. And that's the other big thing, right? She would put up with it. She didn't know any better or, or her feelings got involved. And I, you know, I do like to think that he, that he was in love with Monica Lewinsky for uh, a little bit for as much as he yeah. could feel yeah. love. Right? I'm going to try and, and I, pretend that he was. I mean, I think one could build the case. <laughs> and let's say, Oh, I know what I was going to say when I was like, Oh, Hillary, um, Let's imagine we take you into the future where it's 10 years from now and Hillary Clinton has had a marvelous life and has uh, died very peaceably. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe she's just divorced Bill and moved to France. That's better. That's Nobody has to die in this. Okay. That's great. So, yes, totally great. I'm waiting for my ticket to France. Mm-hmm. Um, so, moved to France, totally happy. Everything's great. And then Bill Clinton says, Monica Lewinsky, the love of my life, will you marry wow. me? Wow. She's going to say, fuck I no. I might accept that apology. <laughs> I think, yeah, she'd say no, right? Um, but that would be... Sadly, he'd be in his 80s. That would be sweet on his behalf. I mean, I don't know if sweet's the right word after everything he put her through. That would be delusional, but... Um... Oh, totally, 100%. Um, <laughs> But maybe, you know, maybe some sort of a I did love her yeah. kind of a yeah. thing. That some sort of an admission of, of emotion yeah. um, might make me say, oh. But I think, you know, regardless of whether or not we accept his apology, I accept you accept. Um, a lot of people were really hurt by this. A lot of real people had real feelings about it. Um, and then a lot of other people like me, just sort of were like bystanders who have no emotional investment in it whatsoever, but are self-centered enough to say, I don't accept your Mm -hmm, apology. mm -hmm. No, you're an American citizen. You have a right to his apology as the president of the United States. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So Bill Clinton, unfortunately, is a no. As a no. Um, Would that it were otherwise. Maybe one day it'll be a yes. Maybe one day he will come out with an acceptable apology. We can only hope. Maybe. And, well, and, and, maybe, and maybe he will. I mean, he's very legacy-driven. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and he has done a lot of good work. I mean, I'm, I will say that, uh, outside of Jimmy Carter, I, I would struggle to point to a president who's been better for the world as a, as a post-president humanitarian, the Clinton foundation does great and amazing work. Um, Okay, are you ready for my surprise segment of the show? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes. So it's called Who's Sorry Now? Oh. And I would like to know who owes you an apology and then who do you owe an apology to? Oh my god. Oh wow. And it doesn't have to be yeah, and it doesn't have to be bit because you know, if we come off like we accept the apology, we don't accept the apology and then it's over and it's done, we're assholes on some. Oh level, sure. Right. Um so, and, and maybe if you want to be guilty, if there's money, okay, I'll play that game. But, um, you know, then if we have apologies, it sort of, you know, says, hey, we're very self-aware people. Um, we totally get this. This is fun and entertainment. Uh, but there is some discussion. You know, these are air quotes around real issues. And then by humbling ourselves, by admitting that we owe apologies to people, yeah, we're on the same playing field as everyone yeah. else. Then um, I'll go first okay. because I sprung it yeah, on you. Yeah, you need time and, to think about it. And you need time to think about it. And we could, you know, when we redo this, uh, we can do it then, sure. right? But so just kind of like forgetting the form because I love this making this a it's practice. Great. Took all the pressure off. Oh my god, the notes I didn't get to. <laughs> oh my god, the, the outline I was going to follow. Oh, I have a whole oh, segment god, that I didn't is, talk about. So. Oh, great. Well, then take two. We'll, you know, L. But uh, no, this, this is good. And I like I love things that are organic. I mean, um, one of the things about my favorite murder that I really love is that I got to go on the journey with right. them from George's, you know, dining room table yeah. to world tours. Right, right, right? right. Um, And sometimes I forget that we're not friends. Right. And I will say things like, you know, my friend Karen, she's not my friend. Um, okay, so, of course, I'm gay and you're a woman, so somewhere in the world, somebody owes us an apology every minute of the oh, day. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, right? Uh, but I would say the person who owes me an apology is... The lady in the grocery store, Trader Joe's, yesterday in Austin, you know who you mm -hmm. are, came charging down the aisle with a shopping cart, right? Turned the corner as I was walking forward uh -huh. without a shopping cart, uh -huh. right? Because I'm just in there to get one or two things. Almost totally smashes straight into me and shoots me a look. Yeah. Hi, when you come to the end of an aisle in a grocery store, you have to stop and wait because you are turning into oncoming traffic. That's just how you don't know that drives me crazy. So she totally owes me an apology. And I made sure I told her so under my breath through my mask. <laughs> um, I thought it real hard at her. Uh, let's see. And then who do I owe an apology to? Anybody that was driving on the road in Austin yesterday <laughs> at any point during the day, I'm really sorry, everybody. Uh, I am an aggressive driver, and you're all fucking slow. 
but I'm sorry. I'm going to call you really on this, am. though. I think your apologies are too high level, and I think you need to make, um, you need to come at it more from your heart. Like, who owes you an apology that really hurt you? Oh, oh, wow. Um, you know, good question, because because uh, what I was thinking for this segment, right, I'm imagining episode 100, mm -hmm. and I probably don't have 100 sincere sure, apologies sure, in sure. me, but I've got 100 fake ones. Yeah, those, of those moments. <laughs> yeah, we right? can do it. Yeah, a fake We ones. can make them. We can alternate. Okay, all right. Uh, so maybe for the inaugural episode, that's a really good one. I, again, I wasn't coming to it. I don't mean to turn my back to you, sorry. Um, from that. Uh, <laughs> clearly, I don't want to talk about it. Look at me. <laughs> Actually, that's not that. You still have um, a lot of hair on your head. Yeah. yeah well, I mean... Partially, it's it's. I'm wearing a hairband, and it's. I mean, I don't care, um, right. and uh, you know, for the most part, it doesn't matter. It I've doesn't seen matter. my my grandfather, so I know. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm, I've got 20 years left on this planet. I can handle 20 years <laughs> as as a bald person. Fine, great. I've handled worse for much longer. Um. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, heartfelt. Hmm. Um, Okay, you know what? Since we're talking about affairs and and stupid sexual things like that, okay, so let's see. So, who do I owe an apology to that would be in the Monica Lewinsky sort of Bill Clinton camp of apologies? Um, ah, I know what. Okay. Uh, so this would be who I owe an apology to, who owes me, you know, who owes me an apology. Yeah. And it, so this is true, but then it's also kind of funny, mm -hmm. but not, but it is. So. Oh, yeah. My first real boyfriend um, owes me an apology for uh, gaslighting me for the four years of our relationship where I thought that we were in a monogamous relationship and we weren't by any stretch of the imagination. And I didn't know it. Um, and, you know, it was my fault for thinking bad things. Oh my him. God. And, yes. Uh, I can totally oh, relate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hello. hundred percent. Um, and then, who, and of course, I'm fine. Sure, sure. It's well passed. Sure. It's all done, right? I found out I was right, and I had my victory moment. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's see. And it all worked out. So hooray! And then uh, I owe an apology to, uh, who was a guy that I dated uh, in the '90s, who was older and was successful, and I didn't take the six months that we had dinner together um, as anything more than casual fun and never gave it that chance. And um, so much so, so, so casual that uh, he went to Israel for vacation and he sent me a postcard and I got the postcard and I was like, that's so weird. 
why did he send me a postcard <laughs> while he was on vacation? Right? Wow. You were uninvested. Yeah, it, 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 oh, 100%. I liked He was fun. Um, he was nice. He was really smart. Um, he was great company. Uh, he was a good cook. Uh, he was very kind mm -hmm. and caring for the most mm -hmm. part. But there were these uh, moments where um, I didn't necessarily agree with his politics. Mm -hmm. Very, you know, if you thought I was Republican, much more so, right? Um, so, what do you owe him an apology and for? So, oh, well, I guess so. The ultimate apology for is uh, we had dinner, he had just gotten back from Israel, and it was his breaking up with me oh. dinner, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I showed up, sat down, we had dinner, and I was like, How was your trip to Israel? and how were things? and blah blah blah. And he was, and he said. And I can remember this verbatim, mm -hmm. right? Because whatever, we're just having a little conversation over dinner. It's fine. And then he takes his pause and he says, speaking of ending things. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And he said, I think that we've just come to our natural conclusion. Words to that mm -hmm. effect. That I don't remember verbatim, but I do remember speaking of, of ending things because I really tuned mm -hmm. in at that mm -hmm. point, right? Um, so clearly, I wasn't totally tuned mm -hmm. in. And uh, then it was like, you know, um, this has been fun, but I need a boyfriend who... And I said, Dan, we were never boyfriends. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it jumped out of my mouth. Like... I wasn't really thinking, yeah. um, and I didn't do it to, to sure, hurt sure, him. Sure. It, I also didn't do it to alleviate his guilt or his pressure. I think what I was doing was letting him know that, like, this wasn't necessary. <laughs> we, we didn't have to wow. have a dinner and feel all this pressure, yeah. right, yeah. about, oh, I've got to tell Theo I never want to see oh, him again. Gosh. You could just have never seen me again, and I... <laughs> I would have noticed, <laughs> but I wouldn't have lost any sleep over it, so to speak, which that's terrible. Um, so I owed, I owed apology. Maybe I'll just say um, he has passed away. Uh, he was hit by a car crossing the street in Beverly Hills. Oh, my Hills, God. And, yeah, he was 65. Um, and then how did I find that out? I think I Googled him. You know, you like Google stock oh, people, yeah. right? Um, yeah, so he was a judge. Uh, he was appointed by the governor of California. I don't know when, right? Um, but I was like, oh, you know, good for Like, he always wanted to go back to D.C. and get involved in politics. But I'm glad that, like, his political fortunes allowed him enough exposure to that world to be appointed as a judge. Great. And then he was crossing the street illegally and was hit by a car. Um, and so in reading the article... Uh, and I've read a couple of articles because when you find out someone you dated died, it's like, what the fuck? Uh, tell me more, right? Um, he was a little too old for Facebook, yeah, right? Uh, so there, there weren't a lot of fingerprints over the internet, um, but you know some stories. And I found one article that mentioned his uh, his longtime partner of twenty something wow. years. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, good for. For having a boyfriend for 20 years, <laughs> I saw him 19 years ago. <laughs>
was it 19 years ago? <laughs> Maybe it was 21 years ago. Like I had that moment yeah, where it was yeah. like, like, wait, wait what? <laughs> That's so what? funny. I know I was a toy boy kind of a thing, but what? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I like... I like that. Uh, I think you're right. That is that's, that's better than one. keeping it thirty thousand feet above <laughs> real sincerity. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, do you want to think about no, it and I, save it for our for a real no, session? No, I think I have. I have. Uh, well, there are two people that owe me an apology with the same first name, and that first name is, and <laughs> one of them. Okay. Um, one of them went to his grave never apologizing to me, and. I'm not going to say he deserved to die <laughs> for what he did to me. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I was really mad at him. Yeah, you know, I've always wondered about yeah, that. No one's, um, and, and, yeah, no one's... Not my business. If he didn't tell anyone what it was, I'm not going to tell anyone. So, um, yeah. No. That's no. a little heavy. <laughs> I said uh, he deserved well, to die. So, I didn't mean that, but... I was, that's how mad I was at him. I, I mean, not knowing right, what happened, right. um, I can't, I, I got no frame of reference. Um, and literally not knowing what happened because yes, he never said anything about it. And whenever I mentioned you, right, which probably was often, <laughs> um, we used to talk every yeah, day when yeah. I commuted to yeah. work, you know, for hours at a time. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. So you were just so much a part of my world. I'm sure I mentioned your name once, if not ten times, right? Um, I mean, he was an okay guy. He might say, like, how are you? But, like, I never got a flicker of anything. And, you know, I even, not that I forgot, but, like, I guess I even forgot uh -huh. that I knew you were mad at uh -huh. him because he was living in San Francisco at the uh -huh. time. And it was like, oh, I should, Juliet. Oh, yeah, no, because they don't like Yeah. Time. Or she didn't like him. Not that they don't like him. Uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, so, again, so there's not a very thing. good story there because I can't say why he needs to apologize to me. But but the other person that needs to apologize to me is the <laughs> who needs to apologize to me for the same reason that um, what's-his-name needs to apologize to you is that he gaslit me into thinking I was in a monogamous relationship when I was not. And Oh, yeah, yes. That, I totally remember that. Yeah. And that was, that was like wow. three years, was it? Four years of my life that I wasted basically with an absolute jerk it was a horrible period yeah it was terrible that was a very long period it was. yes and he, he did it intentionally he did. um okay so so that's a really good one because you've got a double and they have the, they same, have the same name, name. Right? don't never trust someone named <laughs> that's my advice Never. And the person that I owe an apology to is actually, and this is going to be a hard one to explain, but is actually And it's so funny, these are all people that you know, but of course you've been here like all my life, so you, of course you know them. But I owe an apology because one night, um, she, she and I were standing on the landing of her um, apartment, and she wanted something, and I didn't want to do it, and I just looked at her in this way that was like, I could... I was like, I could, maybe I want her to do something or something. And I looked at her this way, like, I could make you do that right now, but I'm not going to. And I turned around and left. I didn't say that, but that was the look I gave her. And I had that feeling. Mm -hmm. And I have always felt guilty about that. And I, I need to apologize to her for that. I, I don't know if she even noticed. Oh. But. 
Well, she went to your wedding. Yeah, so, so she's not that mad. Yeah, no, she's not that mad. I was trying to explain to James. Um, so I told him, hey, Juliet and I were going to be doing a podcast. And yeah, I told you he looked at me like I said we were going to have a car wash <laughs> or a lemonade stand. I can totally see like, it. Oh, that's cute. Oh, 100%. That's my new thing this month. I say 100%. Well, that's all our merch. That's our, our first merch. We have t shirts to say 100%. Okay. 100%. Um, but so I said, yeah. And then he said something like, how long have you known her? Right? And I said, oh, gosh. Well, let's see. We met really in the 11th grade. <laughs> Oh, no, I know what it was. I know what it was. Um, he was asking me about... Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mentioned, so I mentioned the podcast, and I'm back in touch with... Because of the uh, pandemic. Oh, wow. She's an RN. Oh, good. And I reached out to her by phone to say, Hey, I just realized you're an RN. Oh, shit. Like, I'm hoping you're okay. Mm -hmm. right? And we hadn't spoken maybe in five years, maybe... Other than maybe an occasional, and I mean like once every three years, little Facebook like or something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, so whatever. It's it been it been years, mm. years and years and years, um, and you know she's tech back and she's fine, right? So great. Um, and then we just you know started talking, got on the phone. I was like, look, let's. This is stupid. Uh, well, I didn't say that, but in my mm -hmm. head, I was like, this is stupid. Make time for people, mm. right? And I'm so glad that we're back in touch and we talk once a week and it's just, it's lovely. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, so anyway, so I was just playing to it's like, yeah, you know, and then in seventh grade, she was friends with and that's how I met Juliet yeah. because Juliet and were friends and friends with right. and I don't know how I knew maybe just, I think I was walking down the hallway when I was new and it's like, hey, this is my friend. Like, maybe we just had a class. Uh, I don't think she was my guardian. Uh -huh. Like, you're the new kid. You shadow her or whatever. I don't, it wasn't that. Um, I don't think. But so, uh, so yeah. And I do remember meeting you for the first time. You do? Uh, I, do I don't remember hundred. When was that? What happened? Oh, we were. Um, I was in the 10th grade, you were in the 11th grade, and I hung out in the smoking area, mm -hmm. and I hung out with mm -hmm. and uh, friends with come down even though she didn't smoke, mm -hmm. and she would hang out, and uh, I think you would walk by to go to lunch or something, and then one day you stopped to talk, and I remember saying, this is my friend Julie, mm -hmm. right? Um, and me saying, uh, eventually, and I, I don't think it was in that same moment, mm -hmm. but I made some joke and I used the R word, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll never forget this. And you looked at me and you said, my sister is. Oh, did I? Was that the first time we met? Oh my God. I came on hard. I don't think it, I don't think it was the first time we met, but it might've been real close. Yeah. And. Um, of course, I was making a joke like, everyone's going to notice how funny I am, <laughs> right? Because this is so timely. <laughs> and when I said that, I was like, oh, my God. Hmm. I can't. Like, I don't think I'd ever put my foot in my mouth before. <laughs> uh, 
So I've not made any jokes ever since, <laughs> uh, if you can imagine. Wow, I didn't realize that. But, How interesting. Oh, I totally, totally remember that. Um, and the, so I'm explaining all that to but I left out the, the bit about making the joke yeah. because, you know, I need to look good sure. in every story I tell, um, which this podcast will quickly erase. <laughs> um, and he's looking at me like his head was tilted sideways. <clears throat> and I said, I'm sorry, I'm giving you like the friendship dynamics of a seventh grader, <laughs> you know? She's friends with her and friends with her, but not friends with her. They don't talk, but she and she do talk. And so I was the middle person. And they would all talk to me. I could, they, you know, um, so, so yeah. Yeah. Wow. I owe you an apology. I think, I'm sure I said I'm sorry at, at the time. Not like, oh, oh I'm sorry yeah. for you, but like, oh, I'm sorry I yeah, said I'm that. Yeah, sure you did. Because uh, that would be a natural, that or you curl up and die. <laughs> I mean, it's one or the other. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my standard thing when someone uses that word, and and I, I, I generally they're like stunned and they're like whatever, sorry, man. So. Oh, but I mean, you know, rightfully so. I think that's 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 good because it normalizes and lets people know that like that's not just it's some not just sort some word. of a, yeah. a joke punchline. Yeah, yeah there are people, people behind it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, funny. Which I didn't realize at the time sure. at sixteen. 15, 17, however old I was in the 10th we grade. Young. I was smoking. I was old enough to oh, smoke. Man. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Jesus. Whole life away. Well, and I know I'm not trying to get off the uh, call because I got all the time. and All <laughs> I have to do is study for a teaching license. I got all the time. You got to teach? Um, I got to do something. I cannot get hired to save my life, and I don't know what it is. But I mean, right now, other than COVID and the pandemic, mm. I mean, you know, millions of people without work and all that. But like, yeah, I just I'm just not getting anything. Oh. Um, and yeah, I mean, I recognize why on paper my skills are really soft. For a long time, I was missing the educational component, mm -hmm. and now I have that. Um, but nobody cares because now everybody has a bachelor's degree. Um, and so yeah, just kind of the teaching thing just feels like well, you know that. That's a job. It'd be a career. It doesn't have to be in a classroom and just, you know, do something, get certified, do something. Right. Well, that sounds great. sounds like it's really easy for you to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it's it's going to be hard. And I was a substitute teacher for six days and I hated yeah. it. Um, but it was a subbing part of it. That yeah, I, hated. I get it. Once you walk into the room. Yeah, it's over. Right. Um, and I had visions of being like the fun teacher that everybody was right. going to like kind of thing. And you can't be that when you're a substitute no. because they will walk all over you. So I turned into my mother mm -hmm. and I was an absolute drill sergeant. Wow. Like I had those kids sitting down, shut up, wow. face forward. You got Good work to you. do. And I'm sorry. I didn't ask you to be coming to this room. <laughs> but if you've got somewhere else to be, go there. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Those 7th graders didn't know what hit them. I had two little girls. Oh, I have a billion stories. And at only six days, I had a billion stories, right? Two little girls. Uh, one raised her hand. She was like, I'm getting an answer. And I was like, okay. And she left. And then these two other girls raised, and they were like, 
we have to go to the bathroom too. And I was like, you can go one at a time and you can go when the other girl comes back with the bathroom pass. And, and they were like, oh, well, we're allowed to go together in pairs. And I said, no, you're not. <clears throat> and they said, yes, we are. And I said, no, there's one girl's um, hall pass. And the girl that just went didn't ask for a companion. So I already know that that's not true. <laughs> and they looked at me and said, are you an attorney? <laughs> Did they really? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And, and not in a like, are you an attorney? Fuck no, you kind of way. Like, but like in lawyer? a awestruck. Wow. I was like, do you really think an attorney would be a substitute teacher? <laughs> that's hilarious. You'd make a great teacher. God, you kids are stupid. You'd make a great teacher. Oh, Totally, but the pay was nine bucks I an know, hour. That's, Nine seventy-five. That's really ridiculous. We gotta fix that. And you can't go to the bathroom when you want to. Yeah, right. Right. Um, and there's no adult to talk to. No. It's just kids all day long. Uh, so we picked high school. We'll do English. It'll be fine. And then once I'm done with that, and I have like my teaching credential, and I have a job, then I can get a job anywhere. Great. Awesome. And then it'll be like when I was thirty, and I could get a job anywhere. When people used to call me and ask me if I wanted to come work for them, yeah. I wouldn't know what to do today. Yeah, it's sad. But at the same time, am I really complaining? <laughs> uh, yeah, your house there looks pretty nice. I mean, I'm saying. I wouldn't complain either. Just, I have a full-time job <laughs> as an accountant. Uh, do you know that, uh, that joke no. on TikTok? Oh, my God. Okay, so immediately, when you're in Arizona, when are you leaving? Tomorrow morning. Oh, okay, good. Is this guy still orange? No, it's yellow. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's making the news and it's punching through the Trump That's coverage. good. So that means it's like really it's bad. It's really bad. Because? It's the whole state's on fire. Uh, it's really bad. It's like I'm driving down, I'm going to be driving down I-5 and I've got to check and make sure there aren't any fires that are blocking the road anywhere along I-5 because there are fires all up and down the state. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, and I want to move back. Well, so even the fires are coming. I'm not leaving. I'm going to Arizona, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not moving away. <laughs> yeah, no. I'll leave when it gets bad, but um, I'll come back when it's improved. When it gets good. Yeah. Um, yeah, told me that uh, a lot of the stores, and like, I think you said 50% of the stores had gone out of business. I don't know. In San Francisco? Something like that. It seems like it. Like I drive down Geary Street where all the like the, um, the Russian and Chinese and all the different ethnicities have their shops and they're all closed and boarded up and it's really sad. So it's, it's really the point where I, if I drive by a store that's not closed, I'm surprised. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen after this is all over. I mean, but it's it's not it's got to it's it's not going to be over quickly. So it's going to get worse unless the government does something about it, which they don't seem to be inclined to do at the moment. No, it's going to take a Biden presidency and a Democratic Senate. Yeah. Um, and let's see if our overlords will allow that to happen. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, right now it's fine here. Yeah, you could go. I could go out anywhere mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have to wear a mask. Wow. Um, I mean, Trader Joe's will let you in without a mask, right? Yeah. And a lot of grocery stores won't, but uh, restaurants, really? the bar really? across the street from us that just yeah. opened, oh my God, they had 300 people there last uh, night. Easily, uh, easily. The music was boom, boom. Wow. and it's new, it's just opened, right? So this is 
all new. I was really surprised that a bar um, was opening because our bars here can't even have can't even open. So. Oh, it's totally it's yeah. Amazing. People without masks, why well, it's normal life. So you're in a hot spot then, right? You got a lot of COVID. Yeah. We're doing pretty good. Oh, here. speaking of, I got a. T- Go ahead. Uh, oh, you're so lucky. I got a text from uh, who has been. She uh, she took a leave of absence from hospital work because of COVID, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, she has a heart issue, yeah. and so um, she sent me a text last night. Her uh, her brother in law was no, her son in law was uh, exposed to COVID, mm. and they saw him on Saturday. Oh no! And now she has to go get tested. Mm. Yeah, and he's sick. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, um, she's okay. I. Yeah, me too. Uh, it would really suck if she died. Yeah. It's, she's the only person. Well, it would suck for her too. Yeah, totally. It's so selfish. It would suck for me <laughs> if Michelle died. It would died. suck for everyone. Um, but she's the, I think she's really, she and are the only people on the planet who still call me Ted. Oh, yeah? And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I even oh, like it. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, it freaks out. He, he he does not like it. <laughs> oh, you were gonna tell me about this this um, um, Instagram thing or TikTok or uh, uh, accountant. TikTok, thing. yes, TikTok. So um, uh, so TikTok is a lot like the YouTube of Twitter. Yeah, I know what TikTok Twitter is. Twitter for YouTube. So, uh, oh, okay, cool. I I did mm-hmm. not. So I assume everyone else doesn't. <laughs> right? Even though there's like a billion people on the platform. Um, and so, uh, there's a, there's this like little song that goes, I'm an accountant, I'm an accountant. Nobody asks you what you do when you tell them you're an accountant. <laughs> what do you do? I'm an accountant. Where do you work? At a place where accountants work. That's the song. <laughs> so sex workers have started using that song, right? Explaining, this is what I say when people ask me what oh. I do. And it's real. It's very funny. Oh. Um, yeah, and I I can do TikTok. I could do two hours of TikTok, no problems. <laughs> it is. It will pull you in. Do not download. I haven't it started until you get to Arizona. I just um I do Twitter. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, Twitter's gotten bad lately, too. but I've 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 limited my my whatever so that I only see like certain things and I don't see all the I've blocked out like every reference to Trump and presidency and all that kind of stuff because I mean I get it anyway like some it sneaks in somehow but so I, I'm always I always know what's going on but I don't have to see all of it so that helps. I might do that because right now my Twitter is just uh, politics. Yeah. And my fault because it's also what I follow, yeah. right? Because um, uh, it has turned into entertainment. In the 80s, I didn't give a flying fig about politics sure. when I should have, <laughs> right? Let's make decisions that affect oh, well. gay people. I don't care. <laughs> oh, live and learn. <laughs> All right, honey. Well, I will let you go because right. I know you only had two hours booked this morning and you have a full time job. I got to go to work, yeah. And I got to go to work. I'm an accountant. <laughs> I'll check that TikTok out. All right, this was fun. We'll have to do it again next week. Okay, cool. You let me know. Fridays are good. Saturdays are good. Sundays are good. All day long. Uh, Monday through Thursday, I'm doing English online with Spanish kids. So those time slots are a little 
Got you. Okay. Hit and miss. Okay. But Fridays, Friday through the weekend, always okay, good. Okay, cool. Sounds okay, good. Okay, love. Have a great, safe drive. Oh, thank you. I'm sure I'll talk to you before then on text or whatever. But um, this was fun. Thank you so much. And this was super I'm fun. I'm gonna say goodbye now. Goodbye now. Okay. Goodbye now. listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.